This podcast is part of the Midwest Podcast Network. Find out more about our other shows and how to support our network at MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Are you into competitive gaming? Would you like to make a few bucks while doing so? If so, check out Gamersaloon.com. Gamersaloon.com hosts tournaments for games like Call of Duty, Rocket League, Mortal Kombat, Overwatch, and more. Sign up at Gamersaloon.com and use our promo code MGNPOD, that's M-G-N-P-O-D, and you can help us keep making this totally sweet podcast. For more information, check out Gamersaloon.com. Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, John, and here with me today are Brian hey. and Alex. Hello. Today we have some AAA announcements to talk about and a semi-full review of Detroit Become Human, the game aptly named after our beloved Motor City. But before we get to all of that, if you want to follow us on social media or see all the places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. And in case you haven't heard, the Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network, so you, if you are inclined to do so, you can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help us keep all our shows alive and well. As always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitch, as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. Um, I don't know if we've played anything else, really, other than like the normal Rainbow Six and Destiny, um, uh, unless you have something. I haven't played anything else. I forced myself to play Fortnite for a little while. Forced? Yeah, because I really wanted to see the shopping cart. Oh, yeah. The, and, the new uh, vehicle? I made it about four matches through, and I was pissed, because they did something... Okay, I've always thought the sound in that game was kind of mediocre, which I find surprising Yeah, from that developer specifically. Like, Epic knows how to do that shit. I don't really understand why it's so mediocre. Like, like 3D positional-wise, you know, like yeah. tra- trying to figure out... Where footsteps and yeah, gunshots and It's stuff just are. so bad. Like, there's no, like, way to judge the distance of footsteps mm. or what direction they're coming from. And then they, like... Did, made a change to it apparently when I wasn't playing for a while, and uh, it it sounds significantly worse now. Hmm. It's like to the point where I don't even want to play. Maybe your hearing's just going bad because you're a thousand years old. That's maybe. <laughs> but I have very nice sound stuff for my PC. But it's no good if your hearing aid's broken. <sighs> you need to reapply your audio <laughs> processor. Yeah, that must be it. <laughs> I, I I don't pay enough attention to the sound in that game, which is why I don't do very. That's well like what it. you live or die on if you're and playing Pudgy. or yeah. Rainbow Six. Yeah, that's true. And that's true. So maybe it's because I've been playing Rainbow Six on PC so much, and yeah, I've played a lot of PUBG, and they both have very good sound engines. Yeah. I mean, the Rainbow Six game is it's based on the Unreal Engine. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't no, know. I mean, but it's based on the engine. It's not necessarily the work that Epic has done. What, like, what games has Epic made with their engine? Oh, they've made the Gears of War games. They've made phenomenal Fortnite sound. with this version of Unreal, and that's it. Yeah, fair enough. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it, you know. Maybe it, in a cartoon wonderland, sound is supposed to be, like, total garbage. Well, I think I the whole know. point of it is that you should just be building all the time, and it shouldn't matter where the footsteps are. Yeah, I guess. I shouldn't actually be shooting in a shooter. I forgot about that. No, it's not a shooter. It's Minecraft. Well, anyways, I didn't have fun, and the sound made it even harder to have fun. Yeah. No, that's cool. I mean, we, while you're talking about Fortnite, we can bring up that it has been confirmed that it's coming to Switch. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Though. Was it confirmed, or is it just it's shown up on the Korean ratings board or whatever it is? I'm pretty sure it's confirmed that it's happening. Okay. And all I know is that's going to sell so many Switch consoles. Like, I, you thought there was a shortage? Just wait. It's it's a very it's a very smart thing for them to do. Hell for yeah, sure. it is. I don't know how they're gonna unless like they're gonna build in voice chat into the game itself for like squads and things like that, which I would assume they would end up doing. But it's it's gonna change. It's gonna change the game. It's gonna oh, be awesome. it's like what? But I mean, how would you? How do you connect the headset to the switch? You plug it in the headphone jack. Does it have the microphone in for a headphone jack? I would assume so. That's like pretty standard on like everything nowadays. Hmm? Unless your device doesn't need it. <laughs> unless you made a third party app or yeah, a, a, an unless app you to wanted to use your cell phone. <laughs> I don't know, uh, man. I just I'm pretty excited for that we'll somehow. See. That's cool. Um yeah, I haven't played we haven't played anything else. We played I, some Rainbow Six and got destroyed the other night, so that's fun. 
No, it wasn't. I've gotten a few clutches the past. Yeah, you've been couple. killing yeah. it, man. I've been I come in for a round and destroy things and then I leave. Yeah. So that's been fun. Been John waking it up in that joint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did buy and play for a grand total of three minutes, the Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. Oh, I want to get that, because that's a sequel to Symphony of the Night, supposedly. Well, it's like... Spiritual I, successor. Yeah, it's, like- it's by the dude who made Symphony of the Night. There's a game called Bloodstained Ritual of the Night or something like that, which is the one that was kickstarted. But this game that came out is a Kickstarter bonus made by Inti Creates. Which is supposed to be more like a Super Nintendo level Castlevania game. Okay. And whereas the game that got kickstarted will be a Symphony of the Night like successor. Sweet. The the more direct comparison, yeah, yeah. I guess. Mm. Uh it seems hard, just like all of those games it's did. It's very Castlevania. Yeah. And That's cool. and I think if you are a fan of Castlevania, you should check it out. It's only like ten dollars. It's out on everything. It's on uh, Switch? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I picked it up on Switch because, you know, it seems like the perfect I would platform. buy that on yeah, Switch, kind of for thing. sure. Dude, I'm waiting for them to have Castlevania Symphony of the Night on Switch. Why is it not there? I want that. <laughs> that so would be pretty good. Give me that. Fourth or fifth time, right? I would totally... I, that's one of my favorite games of all time. I know. If Konami was smart, they'd be, like, employing people to do the, like... Because Capcom's doing their Mega Man collections and whatnot. Konami right. should be like, here's all of the Castlevania games. Port these to here's Switch. all of, you know... Everything like they they should just be because they don't have to do any work on that they can just yeah. hire somebody to port it over, but I don't know kind of too busy with the pachinko machines I guess man Dracula X pachinko <laughs> but it drops, anyway drops little metal skulls yeah uh, but other than that I I haven't played anything else I did uh, for those who listened to Westworld FM a couple weeks ago Nick brought up the idea that. There would be a Rockstar, Rockstar produced and developed um, feudal Japan game, and I went crazy. I, I was like, "Oh my god, that would be amazing!" And then I was like, "Well, I think the closest I'm going to get to like Rockstar making a Japan game is probably the Yakuza games." Yeah. So I went and bought Yakuza Zero. I haven't played any of it yet. Okay. But I'm prepping to do that, which is not something I ever planned on doing for some reason. But I'm interested to. I heard those break games in. are great. Yeah, I'm yeah. interested to see what you think. They're like cult classic and style. interested in. Well, I've heard really good things about it. them. Yeah, and uh, the I know they're doing Kiwami versions. They did Yakuza Kiwami, which is the remake of the first one. They're doing Yakuza Kiwami two and three, which I think are remasters of the PlayStation 2 games, okay. I think. They might be PS3 games, I'm not sure. But they're basically bringing the whole series forth on PS4. And mm-hmm. so it seems like a good time to start playing Zero. Cool. So Sounds good. That's about it. You want to jump into news? Sure. Let's do it. First news item. Uh, we'll start with this one because yeah. it's the one that's up. Uh, Fallout 76 was announced by Bethesda earlier this week. Yes. Uh, it is supposedly some form of online survival RPG. A lot of people are saying it's going to be like Rust. Um, nobody really knows for sure, though, but they are going to do a full reveal of it during E3, which comes up next week. Yeah, it it will literally be a week from today. They are going to be showing it off on yep. the Bethesda Showcase. It should be exciting. Um, I'm kind of over the survival games. Yeah, this isn't what I want at all. Yeah, you mentioned that in our chat. I probably won't buy this. I'm interested to see what it's going to be, but I don't think it, I'm going to enjoy it at all. Like, the the base building in Fallout 4 was something I literally never wanted to touch. Yeah. I wasn't a fan of that or any of the, like, town management crap. Like, I yeah. don't want that. I just want to play through Honestly, the story. I thought a big problem with that being in Fallout 4, though, was the fact that it was single player only. Yeah. If this game is an online game, I'm... I'm kind of intrigued can, like, by team up with other yeah, players to help settlements out with that and actually being able to show them off to other players. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's dumb to me to to build this awesome world and then never have anybody see it. And that's right. fine. I mean, it, I, I can agree with that, but it's not the the mechanics of building things to me was not good enough. No, for a no, game they, to live and die on, work, it, you know that's for sure. Yeah. So either either they have to have like developed those tools better or 
maybe there is other stuff and like like if we could all team up and go take out like a super mutant base yeah maybe that would be kind of fun but um i don't know yeah i mean elder scrolls online has done quite well as from what i can tell i mean they have a new expansion coming out yep that's kind of a big deal so they've had two they've already had like one super huge expansion and then they're bringing the next one out. In they, I mean, they've done a bunch. That game's been out for like three, yeah, three or four years, years now. Three years, three years, yeah. So, I mean, I think it's doing well for them. They're still the language that they're using when they talk about Elder Scrolls Six is it still makes it sounds like to sound like to me that it's like a ways off. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like, if this is if this is the Fallout equivalent of Elder Scrolls Online cool but that's not what i'm looking for yeah i mean we we played eso for a while and not i mean i can't even say a while i played it for like a couple of hours and then it's kind of like this really <laughs> i put i played it for a couple of weeks i think i wanted to like it a lot because i i mean i liked wow and i liked elder scrolls and they combined those worlds for me and i thought it was going to be cool but i just could not get into it and i'm hoping this doesn't do the same I mean, what I will say, the things that I like about it, there's the fact that it's called Fallout 76, it is about the seven, Vault 76, which is one of the initial control vaults that were made that there supposedly weren't any insane experiments going on. Yeah. Um, sadly, we are seven vaults away from Vault 69, which was populated <laughs> with one man and 299 women or something like <laughs> what? that. Yeah. But... Um, it's like <laughs> so. This is one of the first vaults. It gets sealed in seven in two two thousand seventy six, and then it opens up in twenty one oh two, according to the trailer, which is like twenty five years after the bombs, the last bombs drop. Right, and it puts it before Fallout three, New Vegas, and four in okay. the timeline. So. If they weave in some interesting lore stuff, or you can go check out other vault, I don't know. Like if it, if it, if this is really just them being like, "Hey, this is more online oriented, and we have co-op and stuff in it, but it's actually a Fallout game," I'm I might be more inclined to check it out. Yeah. But if if the focus is on build up your settlement and show it off to your buddies, and then go kill them and take all their stuff, I don't want that. Right. I would like a. Like an isometric game, uh, like Fallout Tactics. Yeah. Like turn-based tactical game. That would be cool. That would be cool. Another one of those. I don't think that game fared very well back in the day. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I thought it was really well made. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. It's coming up this weekend. All right. Next Next up. Brian, this is the one that you wanted to talk about. Yeah. More games coming our way. More importantly, or unimportantly, more Assassin's Creed games. <laughs> so, Assassin's Creed Odyssey has been announced and will take place in ancient Greece. And I, I believe it follows directly after the uh, Assassin's Creed Origin game. Yeah. Can you play as Kratos? <laughs> yeah. No. God of War. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. It's by do, Yeah, I mean, they're trading. Yeah different time periods back and forth because right. I mean, the next God of War game will probably be in Egypt, so it only makes sense that the next <laughs> Assassin's Creed game is in Greece. Yeah. And then maybe they'll converge and do like a crossover. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. God of Creed. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be awesome. Assassins of Assass- War. Assassin's Kratos. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, uh, I think I'm quoted as saying it would be great if they take a year off with these games. Well, they they, they are, did. Right? They they took one year off, but this game is supposedly coming out this year. Oh, that's that's what the like the it it, it is likely using all of the same tech as Odyssey with a new landmass, essentially as Origins. Well, yeah, that, Origins, make, that makes me. sense. It makes sense, but it's not... I'm guessing, if it's going to be in ancient Greece, it's going to revolve around naval combat more again. That'd be interesting, if they pull that because, blood I mean, and bone yeah. or whatever the hell that pirate game was, if they bring all that stuff back in. I feel like the Mediterranean area is like a good place to do all that. That's yeah. not, a, not a bad idea, um, but... 
I don't know. Plus the name Odyssey makes me think of Iliad and the Odyssey. Yeah. And yeah, well. Homer. Dope. <laughs> yes, donuts too. <laughs> Lots of donuts. Uh, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I'm. I believe the other thing I read in the article of note is that there's actually going to be dialogue options this time around. Yeah, I, interesting. I saw that too. Maybe it'll play more like an RPG, like Mass Effect or something like that, which would be cool. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, they put. They put a lot of RPG elements into the last one, so it kind of seems like a no-brainer to add the dialogue stuff, too. We should say this this uh, announcement leaked ahead of time because some French site reported that there was a uh, a keychain <laughs> that was made. <laughs> That's all it takes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Really, uh, these games journalists should be solving crimes. Pretty much. They should put their powers yeah. for good. But you know, I I just am not uh, ready to play another. Assassin's I have not Creed finished game. Origins yet. I have a lot of that game left to play, even though I feel like I've already played it forever. Oh, for sure. No, and, and the thing, like, it plays well, and I think they did a good job. But I I just kind of wish they, from a fatigue standpoint, would spread. I mean, these unless this is something they developed alongside Origins, and and it's just now finding completion. Oh, it like, most it most certainly is. Yeah, like, which is I'm cool. Sure, like, they shared everything, but I'm I'm speaking strictly from a, I just don't want to play another Assassin's Creed game until 2019. Yeah. But well, I mean, you could just wait till next year to play it. <laughs> well, it's very beneficial for my timely game <laughs> game podcast that I'm on. It'll get delayed. <laughs> Just watch it get deleted. Eh, probably not. They'll Can't put it out, and then the ships will float in the sky. And, right. Turn you know. upside down. And Let's just say now we're going to uh, review Odyssey in 2020. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right when on. two more Assassin's Creed games yes. are out. All right. And Next. then finally, um, I guess I'll talk about this one. Nintendo and the Pokemon Company announced Pokemon Let's Go. Two versions. There's two versions, Pikachu and Eevee. It is coming out November 16th on the Switch. Day before my birthday. They're $59.99 a piece. Um, these are not the standard Pokemon game. This is not the standard Pokemon game in development for the Switch. That is still coming next year. Yes. This is a kind of an extension of Pokemon Go, the smash hit app that came out. Two years ago? A year ago? The smash hit that got neckbeards out of their computer chairs. Yes. And out into the streets. <laughs> out into the world to socialize <laughs> with other gangs. human beings. Yeah. Um, Poke gangs. So this game plays a lot like that in that you are not randomly encountering Pokemon. Um, you see them on the, the screen and then you walk into them and then you throw Pokeballs at them to catch them. Using the Joy-Con. Using the Joy-Con, yeah. And you can play it with two people at a time. It's You only control the game with one Joy-Con. But uh, you do face off against trainers so you can't actually use the Pokemon to fight each other in the standard Pokemon battle style. Right. Which is cool. And it connects to your Pokemon Go account. Yes, you can like share gifts and Pokemon back and forth a little bit. Um, it takes place in the Kanto region, which I believe is the first game. Yes. The, the red and blue. So do you have to tether it to your phone and then walk around the neighborhood with your Switch in one hand and your phone in the other? You can do that, but no. You're not actually... <laughs> okay. It doesn't have any spatial... As far as I know, there's no like... It's not using GPS. No, the the, okay. the Switch game is not using GPS. The point of this game is that if you play Pokemon Go, you can bring it into Pokemon Let's Go. You can like bring those Pokemon into it and use them in that game. But you don't have to play either of the two in order okay. to enjoy the other one is kind of the idea. Right. What I'm really getting, though, is this still isn't what people are looking for. This no. It's still not I, a real It's, it's a step in the Pokemon right direction game. because it's allowing battles between characters, yes. I think, which is what people really wanted. And I'm sure they're going to make it so like you as a player can battle other players Yeah, would be my assumption. But it's not quite... It's not the the full service RPG that the previous Pokemon games have been. 
they did definitively say that that game is still coming yes. for Switch next the, year. The Pokemon company announced that they are this is these are not in fact that game. This is something completely okay. different. There is a full service RPG style Pokemon game coming out next year still. So, well, I don't care either way. I was just curious. Yeah. yeah, you're not you're not a JRPG type, which is cool. Like nobody like I'm not mad at you about that at all. No, I really <laughs> don't disappointed. need to collect all these weird looking creatures. No, it's not your style, which I, is fine. I think it'll be fun to try out. I don't know that I'm going to buy it right away or anything. I might see how people think about it, but it yeah. seemed like it might be a, a fun game, a fun stopgap Pokémon until we get like a well, in, full scale one. In line with the announcement that they made about this, they did release a new voxel-style Pokemon game for free yeah. on the Switch. So if anybody wants to check that out, you should check it out. Yeah, what is it called, though? Uh, I don't remember. It's like po- Pokemania or something? I don't know. I'm not I'll sure. I'll figure it out. Yeah, but so there's that, too. If you want to play a new Pokemon game now, you can. It's an extremely simplified version of Pokemon from what I understood. And it has these cute little voxel graphics. It, it's free to play, from yes. what I understand, with DLC. That they usually mean high for. quality. Yeah, it's certainly you know. Um, Fortnite's free to play, and that is high quality. Just saying. For the sound, the uh, <laughs> the level of quality is going up in free to play things. So, Pokemon Quest is what it's called. Yeah, so the, the one that's free to play out right now. It looks like Minecraft. I wanted to check it out before we, before I came over today, but I just ran out of time. Yeah, I was trying too. so hard to finish Detroit. So nobody checked out the Mario Tennis? Thing? No, I wanted to try that out too, and they also have a demo out for Sushi, uh, sushi yeah. Striker Way of the Sushido, mm-hmm. okay. um, which I've heard is cool. But, right on. Uh, I yeah, I didn't time. get a chance to t- check the tennis thing out either. Yeah. Although I am curious about the game. I kind of like tennis games. It seems like it might be good. It seems like people are excited for it because the one that was on the Wii or Wii U was apparently kind of trash. And this one looks like it has a lot of adventure mode and all kinds of different stuff to do. So that's better, cool. Better trash. Sweet. Yeah. I don't know if there's any other news. I feel like a lot of stuff is going on in the kind of ramp up to E three. Yeah, I think it's we're kind of in a lull before E three. Uh, yeah, there's gonna be some dumps big, a bunch of info big on stuff us. coming out. I yeah. Think. So um big announcements. Rage two got announced. Yeah, that we looks, didn't really talk um, about that. I I didn't remember if that came out after I I think it was we briefly touched on it last episode, really? I think, for like a half second. Hmm. Huh. I don't know. I still haven't watched the trailer for it. But. Me either. I didn't play the first one. I own it on uh, PC because it was tried like 99 cents. Many times. It looked but. really good back in the day. I, played I tried the iPad to, version. to uh, fire it up the other day, and it looks terrible. The textures are just bad. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I mean, the animation, everything, the models look good. But, uh, yeah, Rage was like... The original Rage was really kind of boring, in my opinion. Like, it had good, um, like, shooting mechanics and stuff, but the driving was a little weird, especially if you were, like, not using a controller. Yeah. And it just seemed, like, kind of pointless. Like, it just slowed the game down. It was like, I don't know. It just wasn't that fun, and I'm actually really surprised that they made a sequel. Yeah, I think everybody was pretty... The sequel looks like a blast to me, because it looks like they took the energy and the pacing of the new Doom, which was amazing, and threw it into Rage, and that looks like a lot of fun to me. That's cool. And there's a lot more attitude to it this time. What else was announced? More like Borderlands. Uh, This just got announced. Oh yeah, Borderlands 3 is coming out. That was announced too. Really? Yep. I mean, was, everybody already, that was, uh, already knew I think that. They, I think they can't... What was announced is they, they came out and said, we will not be at E3. Is that what they said? Yeah. Because I know it was one of the things leaked on like Walmart's website. I think they and said... they confirmed that it is coming. I think they said, Borderlands 3 is indeed in development, but it will not be at this year's E3. So I think it's still... Is this another Colonial Marines? They're just going to sit know. out for 10 years and uh, three hype hour, it, and it's going to be shit? Three hours ago, it was announced that Evolve servers are closing in September. Nobody cares. That's interesting. I'm surprised uh, they're still up. 
Battlefield Five was announced. They put out a trailer for that. Yep. People threw a fucking shit fit over it because they had a woman as the main character of a There's World a War woman II in game. the game. Seriously? And everybody How are we was, supposed yeah. to? What year do we live in? That's I know it, dude. It's all the the white dudes in America being like, women didn't play any role in World War Two. But yeah. the reality is, like, we couldn't have won World War Two if women weren't involved. So. <laughs> It's kind yeah. of funny how that works out. Yeah. Didn't they build most of the shit we yes, used? Yes, they did. Yeah. And they did fight, too. So. Yeah. yeah. But. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I don't. Whatever. There was a Call of Duty revealed, too, at some point. There's more Call a- of Duty Additional coming. details. Yeah, we on, talked about yeah, that. Yeah, we talked about that. Battle Royale. But, but they don't know what the Battle Royale mode's going to be. And I think in our chat, we decided that we would much rather have a Doom Battle Royale where they get dropped in a crater on Mars and it's last last oh, Doom yeah. guy standing. Or, or you get to play as a demon. That was yeah. also what we were thinking for Fallout, was that it was going to, before we knew more. Yeah, we thought yeah. it'd be a Battle Royale. They'll, maybe they'll add a Battle Royale mode, or maybe you can build your own Battle Royale mode into the online system. It's going to be like Fortnite, except you can build an elaborate settlement. Like Fallout 4. And, God, no. But you have to do it quickly before you get shot. From Sounds across the right. map. Yeah. Using vats. Yes. <laughs> the whole game, the whole game pauses, pauses for everyone. When, Every when time one person somebody uses the vats, vats the whole game pauses. And then, like, but that you can also great. use vats at the same time while somebody else is using Ooh. vats. That might actually be kind of interesting. But um, And Mega Man 11 got a release date for October 2nd. Yeah, I was talking to Willie about Mega Man 11. In is that the, a new game? Yeah. In the chat that... Um, I, I didn't realize that the Nintendo Switch version of the Mega Man Collections has a rewind function, which completely alters the way you would play those games, I yeah. think. So mm-hmm. I find that very fascinating. So yeah, no. But maybe I could actually play it. Yeah. Gladys, Gladys just said in the chat. Really L- bad at Mega Man games. He said, LMAO, Vats Online, the game. <laughs> That'd be great. I would play that one for sure. You heard it here first. Yep. We're, we announced it, Vats Online. Yep. Um, yeah, so. That's it for our news for now. Let's talk about Detroit. All right. So Detroit Become Human by Quantic Dream is a game set in our beloved motor city here in the Midwest in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, It is basically what I would consider a choose-your-own-adventure style detective slash story game. I snickered when you said game because it's It's not loosely interpreted as a game. You guys are haters. No, no. I'm here's not, okay. I have a lot let's, of mixed feelings about this. Fuck but. it. Let's. We're doing it live. We're going right into it. Okay. This game is a terrible game. Okay? As a game, it is. It a doesn't bad, have gameplay. It is a horrible, I just think that's horrible, extremely game. reductive. But, 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 it is a great experience. It is not a game. I don't feel like I'm doing anything game related. Like the detective scenes with Connor are pretty cool. But it's not a game. Like those things, like it's they're not hard. There's no challenge to anything you're doing in this. Well, the hitting the right thing, buttons at the right time is challenging. Yeah, the to hardest me. thing Brian found was having to read the prompts fast enough yes. in order to like hit the proper button. Yeah, like, like how am I going to read all these dialogue choices and then make a decision before I run out of time? But this, I was intrigued enough by the story. Like I enjoy the story enough to make it like to slog through what they call gameplay in this to hear more about what was happening. I think that is something to say. Like that's that's worth like mentioning because it's the story's really well done. Even though it's like the standard like racism in America plus like underground railroad yada yada but with androids like yeah. Throw a little Westworld in there. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful game. It is incredibly like well put together what what they what quantic dream is doing as a company in terms of what they're doing with the technology i find fascinating like it is incredible it is it is a feat in and of itself to have created what they have created and they did a really great job with that and i don't want to discount that by any means i just Mm -hmm. think it's a bad game so i mean what separates this from a game like until dawn i didn't finish until dawn because i feel the same way about that okay all right. Well, if that's if, as long as you're consistent, I, I just there. don't. Yeah, I don't like these kinds of games. They're not for me. But if the story is intriguing enough, like, and that's the thing, I found this story of Detroit, and maybe it's, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Like, some of it comes from the fact that it's from our hometown, basically. Like, I wanted to know what happens, and I wanted to see all the little landmarks and things they put into the game, In which the wrong spots, it, wrong spots, give or take. But really, like, they basically took 
certain names of things around here and just kind of threw them into Detroit. Yeah. They're like they threw them in a hat and then they just kind of shuffle. Like yeah, shook it, them around, pulled them. It's out. like they're like, well, we need to reference this other place. Uh, what do we call it? Should we call it Royal Oak or Berkeley or Ferndale yeah. or Southfield? Either um, way, we're on Gratio Avenue. Gratio <laughs> Avenue, and we're going to use Ferndale as a stop on the new Let's go Detroit to Hamtrak. subway system. So yeah. it's not a very, very good representation it's of our city. The the downtown area, like where they show the Renaissance Center and Hart Plaza and things like that, is very cool to yeah. see those landmarks. It is awesome to have that represented in such a large-scale game that yeah. had a shitload of money behind it, but it is a very poor representation of Detroit in and of itself. Uh, one thing I will note that I found very cool as I rolled through the credits of the game today, uh, they used Detroit artists for the music. Oh, really? And Emily Rose is very popular in this area, and I've actually played several shows with her with my band Mod Orange, and I thought it was awesome to see her name up on that game. And I don't know what kind of royalties she's getting from that, but good for her. Hopefully a lot. I also like that the three different characters in the game got different scores written by three different people. Yes. Which is interesting. And the and it was, uh, I think, was it Kara's that was recorded in uh, Abbey Road Studios? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, like, there's, they, put a lot of, they put a lot into this game. And I, don't sure. wanna, I really don't want to discount that by saying it's a bad game because no. everything else about it is fantastic. It is beautiful. The sound design is amazing. The music is great. The graphics are fantastic. Like, everything about it is cool. But the gameplay, like, and, and it just sucks that that's the case See, because I wanted this game to be really good, and I, I think they have it has potential to do good down the line, but we'll have to see what comes of it. Let's talk about the gameplay or the lack thereof a little bit more. Yeah, like, there are times during the game where I'm I feel like I'm interacting with it in enough of a meaningful way to be entertained. There are other times where like. It prompts me to stand up, and I literally... That's the only thing I could be doing anyways in that scene. Just shit like that, like, turn this doorknob. Stuff like that. It's like, I don't want to bother with it. Just walk me through the damn game at that point. But, like, if it's actually making me make a choice or, like, explore the environment and analyze things, I'm okay with that. That's good enough gameplay for this type of for game sure. for me. But, yeah, just don't make me... Mindlessly interact when it, there's no choice in the matter. Right. It's like it's like if they would have if there were a scene where they were like, here, use the the touchpad to twiddle your thumbs as a character for no reason. Like that's like what a lot of these little interactions are like turning doorknobs, like Brian said, or like picking up something and putting it down is like a full action of like rotating the joystick to do that task. Like I don't want to do crap like that. Like I liked the, I I actually liked the quick time events. Uh, like where you're, where you're fighting guards and you have the to like chases. And- yeah, and like, and what I I realized this last time through, or like running through the end sequence of the game, basically was like all the quick time events were just between X and circle, which made it really easy to like maintain and like that's stay. Not f- true, that's actually. not well, true. That's not true. Well, so for the the very end of the game, for me at least, when I played my version of the game, because we all had different experiences, yeah. all of my quick time events were based on X and circle. That's huh. it. I never had to do a triangle. I never had to do a square unless it was like hold L1 and mash square, like stuff like that. I still <laughs> had to do that. But whenever I'm fighting guards and like Marcus is like flipping guns out of their hands and bashing them in the face or like blocking kicks or whatever, all of those were done using X and circle, which That's I find like it's cool to do that because then I'm, I'm less focused on like, oh shit, what if they throw like some weird L1 in there that I'm not paying attention enough uh, for? So, like, I felt like I had a whole lot of L1s and R2s yeah. and uh, the ones that got me the most were the moving the analog stick in a particular direction uh, quickly. I always always moving the controller through me. The controller was okay with me, but like I I was getting all kinds of quick time events that were like you need to block a kick with L two and you need to block a punch with R one and stuff like that. Oh, I I gotta say, go ahead. Ten out of ten though for using the touchpad. Ten out of ten in general for the controller itself. I want to say like this game utilizes the controller in a lot of different ways, and one of which which is I mean there are a lot of games that use. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say a lot, but there are some games that use the motion controls. None of them use the touchpad, ever. No, and they actually, this actually used other, it for... Other than it just as a button. Yeah, and you're scrolling through pages or turning and pages in magazines. Or like, my favorite was using the piano function. Like, whenever yeah. Marcus was playing a piano and you use the touchpad and you actually have to tap the touchpad yeah. to, yep. like, alternate. It was fun, like, like, messing with the speed of that. Yeah. They needed more stuff like that. But really. I really, what I really liked about the controller aspect was not just the touchpad, but also at the points where I literally 
literally had to change the way I was holding the controller to do some of the button combinations that they wanted me to do. And it, it was, it gave me this like bit of unease of like, Oh, like what am I doing with my hands? I have to contort yeah. to all these weird <laughs> shapes to like, I, I've got yeah. to hold L one and then like hold R one and then hold L two and R two at the same, all of those things at the same time. And while I'm doing that, I have to use the joystick and use like the arrow button. <laughs> I never like, had to do that. <laughs> I, I had to do that a few Were times. Were you manipulating a Rubik's Cube or something that's what in it, yeah. game? That's what it seemed like. There's a part I was where doing... Connor solves a Rubik's Cube <laughs> in 20 seconds. Yeah. And... yeah, spoiler. That's how the game ends. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's how he proves he's a sentient <laughs> One being. of the 10 endings. Um, I, I just really liked the fact that they utilized the controller like very extensively, there, I think. There there are a lot of those, oh, you got to be holding like three different buttons at a time or whatever. That yeah. happens a lot. One time, it made me hold three different buttons to the point to where I had to reach over with my thumb yeah. to hit a button. But that's the only time that that happened the entire time I was playing. And I've had, I had to do that. it a few times. And it was, just, it was just interesting for me to actually have to rethink how I'm holding the controller to play a game. Like I wonder if it randomizes that. It might like you. You usually just hold a controller. Like I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I don't. I use my, you know, from my middle finger to pinky finger. Those, those are what are holding the bases of the controller, and yeah. I'm really only using my index finger for the shoulder buttons. You know, uh, but this had this. I had to move my middle finger out so I can manipulate shoulder buttons and triggers at the same time. Like I, I just find that very interesting and fascinating to yeah. like have to to literally alter the way I'm physically playing the game in order to play the game. Yeah. No, and I, I think there's a lot of that was what I was impressed with back in the heavy rain days of like seeing how like this all of the stuff that you guys are saying was stuff that they were doing with the Dual Shock Three and the Six Axis with with Heavy Rain and a lot of, not the touchpad obviously obviously but like translating the way that you would use motions and um, certain actions like uh, it's kind it's it reminds me a little bit of that game Quop. Where you're trying, you're like a track oh, yeah. star, you're and you're trying to do. You're controlling particular muscles with particular keys, yeah. Uh. And it feels like in these Quantic Dream games that, like certain, like you know, your legs are always going to be on like the L two and R two, or like it, it. I don't necessarily, I can't call it out the way that it actually is, but there are certain actions that you know are going to line up with certain buttons, uh, just from like playing through the game. And I like that it feels. Like you're familiar with the controller in the way that the Android is familiar with how his body works and stuff like yeah. that. Um, I don't know. Like the doorway thing, like going through doors and like the inane interactions of like just traversing and, you know, doing the seemingly minuscule stuff. Like I didn't find that the game had a whole lot of that. I know that there are times in the game where it felt like. I was waiting for something to happen and there wasn't much else for me to do other than to either continue walking or kind of stand there and wait. But that kind of thing doesn't really bother me with this type of game. And maybe it's because I've played Heavy Rain before and I expect that kind of stuff or I'm a little more open to the walking simulator genre than you guys probably are. Um, But, like... Would you? What would you compare this to Tacoma, Brian? Like, how do you feel about this compared to something like Tacoma? Because obviously, there's some very detective-y-like parts in this that are similar to Tacoma. But does think, that feel like more of a game? To I mean, you I than understand it's sixty dollars, so it should be a reasonable length. But I honestly feel like this game's too long. I'm doing that type of but boring, I mean, mundane terms, stuff for too long. See, I okay. don't. I don't think like Tacoma is short and to the point. And it's inexpensive. It should probably be slightly cheaper than it is, but I don't think yeah. the inane, that's the word you're using. I guess. Uh, yeah. yeah I, I don't yeah. think those actions are what's wrong with it. I just think the overall pacing is like really slow. And that's, and I that's boring. Totally. Like, I can completely agree with that. And what I'll say about the game in general, I think this game for me, lives and dies in Connor's stuff. That's yeah, why so, the Connor demo... So Gladys asks, how is the whole game compared to the demo? That's what he wants the to The Connor demo, I, th- I think they selected that as their demo because they knew that his stuff is the most compelling gameplay-wise. For sure. Right. And there are certain moments and things in the uh, Marcus and Kara... Uh, 
like I guess they're mostly chases that you undergo with those characters, like fight scenes or stuff like that. That feel good again, like you're actually doing things in the game. But I also don't necessarily think, like I think all of the the heady topics of the game come from Marcus and Kara more so than Connor. And I think David Cage shouldn't be allowed to write about any of that ever again, unless it's like about the French Revolution or something. Right. But like <laughs> he. It, it, the idea that, like, this game is so... It hits you over the head with literally everything it's trying to say. And it's so bad at it that I just could not care any less. Like, everything they're trying to do with this is done better in something like Westworld Blade or Runner. Blade Runner. Or literally any of the other things that you can list that, the, that like this game is related to. And the idea that there's some... 30 40 something french dude white french dude in france trying to tell americans about like slavery i don't think I mean, that clearly we live in a time where like this is extremely relevant still for some reason like we still have to talk about these topics oh. and like i understand he's trying to make a statement of sorts but yeah like you you don't really need to tell us dude like we know like what's going on i'm just not interested in his commentary and a French dude's commentary on slavery. Period. I don't. I don't care. I'll listen to people talk about things, but from what I know from playing Heavy Rain and how he doesn't really connect with his topics well and use any amount of subtlety, I don't need to hear any type of statement from him anymore. Right. Uh, I will say this game looks amazing. It feels more cinematic than most of the other games that I play. There are the chase scenes are just very exhilarating to me and when any other time like a long string of QTEs would annoy me, it just they do such a good job of making them feel good and not making them live or die on any one single action that you might miss. Like you can still survive something if you're not hitting it 100%. Yeah. yeah. I like a lot of that in the gameplay, um, but the things that were most compelling to me was like diagnosing a crime scene and looking at a dead android and finding the clues on its body and piecing those back together. The idea that there are interrogations that you do with Connor where you need to keep the the, the interrogant into some type of state in order to keep them responsive, but not make them too calm, but not make them too yeah, it crazy. Was, it reminded me self-destruct. Yeah. It was like, uh, it was, it was like the, the charismatic speaking mechanism that was in oblivion. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever play? Oblivion? No, I didn't. So you had to like, you could have conversations with people to try and persuade them to do things with you, but you had to like keep them happy. And so like you were choosing different dialogue trees to like keep them within a particular mindset so yeah. that you could use them for whatever task you were trying to accomplish. And that was cool. Uh, it was it was fucking poorly done in Oblivion. It was awful. But yeah. the idea is cool. And to I just see bribed that, everyone, I think. Yeah, essentially that's what you end up doing. But in, in, to have it done in this manner, like in, in the way Quantic did it for this game, like is really cool. Like yeah. It is a very, really well done mechanism in the game itself. Um, there was something else I was going to mention too. I, well, I do want to say that I, the sound design is unbelievable mm-hmm. in this. My favorite, mm-hmm. one of my favorite scenes is when Marcus is in this pit of like other androids and he basically has to rebuild his own body and he needs a new audio processor and his hearing is super muffled and like uh, staticky and weird. And he puts in this new processor and it's literally like, it's just like, when you when you have a broken uh, audio cable going from your phone to your stereo and you have to manipulate it in the right way to get it <laughs> yeah. to get the sound to come through, but all you're getting is like no, this, I would, and all of a sudden would, everything opens up and there's all this crackling and whoosh, I think and like, you could equate it to like having water in your ear too. And yeah, like when yeah. You, the moment where you finally get that water out and it just like feels yeah, amazing. The, it, and, that moment in the game literally gave me goosebumps. Like yeah. to like because it was just again like I'm a person who's had ear problems like mm-hmm. my entire life and to have that somebody like represent a similar issue like that but through the voice of an android like was really it was just it was something else like it was something yeah. to experience that's why i'm saying like this game it's a bad game but the experience of it is fantastic <laughs> like it is like it has a something it's doing something enough to keep me playing and i actually beat it like that says a lot so um 
Like I I still think that the best Quantic Dream game is Until Dawn, which is not a Quantic Dream game, but it's it's David Cage at his best, which is when he's not involved in the project at all. <laughs> and so I I just think I hope that Supermassive Games gets a hold of all of this work and gets to build something else. Oh, with until it. Dawn Two, perhaps. Yeah, because I want them to tell until dusk. Until dusk. Yeah, I want them right. to. I want somebody that has a little bit more subtlety or just. It'll, it'll not... be their romantic comedy called About Noon. <laughs> <laughs> I'd play it, but uh, yeah. What's uh, well, Gladish what's... said? He's saying so. Basically, Connor is the best part about the whole game, and the other two are just to get more time from the game. I don't think that's necessarily the case. Um, they, they're obviously there as like part of filler, but their storylines are very different, and it is kind of cool when you reach the point in the game where they all start to converge. They are, they all are part of the same story. They're trying to give the same message, essentially. I think With different perspectives. Yeah, from different perspectives, and and it, like because the game is all about seeing these androids start to become human, human, and and. and <laughs> Gain consciousness in Detroit and start yeah. feeling emotions and things like that. So the they kind of give you these different approaches of how an android might stumble into that type of situation, and I think it's good. I think all of the acting in the game is quite good. Yeah. It's, it's Lance awesome. Henriksen is in this and it's great. Minka Kelly's in this and it's fantastic. Yep. Uh, there's there's a lot of great. Hollywood and non-Hollywood talent associated with the voice acting here in this game. And I think that's very good. One of the other things that I will complain about is the fact that you need to make decisions so quickly. I know Brian was having trouble reading what it was saying with what you, like, which button means which thing. Yeah, I mean, part I of had it was trouble. me just, like, getting used to not having to react for too long. And then all of a sudden, oh, hey, you're supposed to read these four lines and make a choice now when I'm, like, half asleep. I feel I, like the I, the timers for those four choice things were pretty good in terms of length. Um, I think the bigger problem is the fact that they typically only give you one or two words, and it's hard for me to understand that what happened my character for me too. Like I will a choice, say based on those words. I picked a choice today when I was kind of rushing to and hopefully finish the game before I got here, but that didn't happen. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I read a word. I thought something in my head like reaction wise it was completely different than what they said yeah and it made hank like dislike me more or whatever i'm like and that that's kind of the the fact the the idea that there are points in the game where it makes you feel as though the choice that you made is not the choice that you would actually make because it didn't label it correctly or they couldn't convey what they wanted to convey Mm -hmm. in that short amount of time i think that sucks I think there are several points in this game where they present a, uh, the story presents something that would be a choice in a game that had ultimate choose your own adventure, but you don't get to make those choices. I talked about it in the demo, the idea that you yeah. can grab the gun with Connor, but then you can either tell him the truth, uh, tell, tell the android holding the girl the truth and, and, and throw the gun away, or you can lie and say that you don't have one but still have the gun. I think you should be able to tell him that you have a gun and then keep it anyway. Like that kind of thing feels like a like a big decision that you would make in whether or not you have a gun. But and there are several things throughout the game that are like that. But that's that's how they're able to control the different like trees of thought and processing is like they they have to they can't give you full freedom because then like how is their whole butterfly effect system going to really work? I understand that, but I think there's a way that they can do that in terms of the way that the characters that you don't control react to the things that you can control means that they should be able to steer the story that way. But with something as big as I'm taking a gun into a hostage negotiation situation and I tell the, the android that I have one, I should be able to decide I'm going to hang on to this or I'm going to throw it away. Right. And if that locks me into a certain tree, like if that makes it so that I'm going to die in the situation regardless or something like that, that's fine. But there are certain times where this game that is all about giving the player agency to do certain things, I think they take a lot of choices away from you that seem like they would be obvious branching points in the story yeah. to do stuff with. But um, 
I think it's a very interesting game. I don't think it's worth $59.99. I don't think... I do feel like it's very replayable. That's for the, sure. The branching like, paths are are very intriguing. Like, I, I mean, I, I was I borrowed it from a coworker. Um, thanks a lot. And like, who? <laughs> Ken. Thanks a lot, Ken. Thanks, thanks for Ken. letting me borrow it. We appreciate if it. If you ever listen to this. Um, but we were talking about our different playthroughs of it and it, it they're wildly different. Yeah. Like, and, and I wasn't anywhere near where I'm at in the game now, but that's just for like the first, maybe third to half of the game. Yeah. Like they're so different, but, um, and then like John and I have talked about some of the stuff too. And it's very interesting to, uh, to compare to notes. Yeah. And the- that's like one of the better parts of the game. I would say what, and uh, like the replayability thing, part of it for me is like I would like to go back and replay some of the segments because I hit the wrong button, yeah, and so I didn't get the intended outcome like I wanted, right? But I, I, I like that it presents you with the flow chart and it doesn't tell you everything that can happen and it, it locks off the things that you didn't necessarily find right. or or choose, but um. It is very much, I think it's very interesting to be able to sit down and talk about how your choices actually affected what happened. And I hope once you finish, we, we can take, you know, 20 minutes to, to do like a full spoiler cast. Alex, what level of companionship did you get with North and Marcus? I got to the, the lover okay. or whatever. So you saw them level. have robot sex? I did not see any of the robots. No, it's when they happening. put their hands together. Oh yeah, hey, and it's spoiler, just, and it just turns it just turns into their cyborg turn hands. Into their cyborg. And she, in my playthrough, she just dislikes me fairly strongly. Me- Actually, she did everything safe. But. <laughs> Megan was watching me play, and we were both sitting there, and like it switched over to the lover tag, yeah. and she was like, "Ooh, lover!" And I'm like, "Oh man, they're gonna have robot sex. What's gonna what's gonna go down?" And then they. <laughs> They go and like they touch hands and like they turn into their cyborg hands and they exchange their thoughts or whatever and yeah. like and you learn about her past and he changes his or shows her his past and yada yada and it's just like this whole different level of like you're just like oh man like what robot if sex, sex is boring what if yeah robot sex is boring but what if like real sex was like that where like you're just you're tra- transferring consciousnesses back and forth and like mm. well it's very avatar idea. Yeah, the I don't know. I just you connect your your. They just kept like they kept touching their hands in public, and I'm like, stop having sex in public. <laughs> <laughs> PDA, ultimate PDA. Yeah, it was just funny. I don't know. Um, it brings a whole new meaning to high fives. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. You slut. You high five everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't. I don't think paying playing this game is worth paying the money to a company that sounds like it's very toxic to work at. Um, Rumored. Yeah, allegedly. Uh, David Cage, please don't sue us, although you suck as a person. But uh, it's just like a... I think it's a very interesting... It's more than a tech demo. And I would even say, to me, this is a much more interesting and uh, playable version of a Telltale game. Like, this is... It's, See, I think the Telltale games have a bit more gameplay to them. It depends on which ones you're playing, though. Yeah, that might be the case. But, like I've actually only having a an inventory and like some light puzzle solving to do makes it more gameplay or more like a game. To me I mean, what is light puzzle game. solving beyond like going through and analyzing everything and finding like God? I kind I wish we could get you into know what? Spoilers. Just give me Day of the Tentacle over any of these games anyway. <laughs> That's a true adventure. Game. The the uh, I don't want to say I don't want to reveal any details about it, but the uh, the uh, strip club sequence with Connor so good. That was really good. So good. The idea that you have to find where an android went and the mechanics that they use for you to figure that out is. Awesome. Yeah, it's, and it I was, loved it. That, that was, was great. a very uh, like an emotional wrap up on the end that 
that scene too. too. I was also going to say one of the thing, one of the mechanics that I liked, similar to that mechanic, was or like one of the like recreation mechanics that they have yeah. in the game is the it's almost like a puzzle solving one where you have to find the best path to like yes jump crates and grab onto this ledge and do this thing and I would have really liked especially with to give Marcus's character more quote unquote gameplay I would have more loved parkour. to have had more of that because no, I didn't really enjoy that or much. to make it more puzzle puzzle oriented so like there isn't necessarily a wrong outcome because there were wrong outcomes but that every outcome uh, creates different challenges or whatever. Requires like, you to do more. Yeah, like yeah. it just would like maybe like you take the more difficult path, and in doing so, like not only do you have to go through the sequence of like choosing what the path is, but then when you actually proceed to activate that particular run through, maybe it makes the you know controller acrobatics that much more intense for you as a player yeah. to do. Like that would have been cool to have. That I like what they did, but I just wish they would have expanded on that more. Yeah. Um. And the other, the like the other thing that I really enjoyed. In Connor's storyline is when th- there's a certain point where you get to essentially look over all of the evidence you've uncovered throughout the entire game yeah. in order to figure something out. And I don't feel like I have ever encountered anything like that to that degree, that level in a game previously. The, the yeah. idea where literally all of the choices you've made with this particular character come down to this particular moment. I think are are very interesting. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. So the only other thing I will say, there are certain points in the game where I feel like the choices that you want to make with your relationships to certain people don't necessarily line up with how I feel like I would want the actions of my character to go. I, it's I, It's really hard for me to talk around this without spoiling anything, but there's stuff that happens with Connor and Hank that I feel like goes, it works counterintuitively. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I don't. Gladys says if we spoil a game, he's going to team kill us next time we play Siege. That's fine. I mean, it's hard to spoil it because literally we could talk Every, yeah, about everything that we've done and it might be nothing like your playthrough. It could playthrough, be completely different based but, on your choice, you know, the decisions you make. And it's, yeah, I don't know. I haven't really looked to see like how many different endings there are either. There's got to be at least two. Oh I, yeah, and I, I well, I think it kind of goes. Assume there's even three, beyond the, that. three characters essentially. You know? you know, like which one? Although I would assume Marcus is, takes the forefront for the most part in the story part of it. But I, yeah, but uh, no, I think each I think of the characters plays a different role. I mean, you've got. The the biggest so Brian like you were saying you're playing this game he and I were having a conversation on the way over here he's playing this game very differently than you've played other games of this sort yeah. like you found yourself taking a more compassionate and empathetic Definitely. I've been very compassionate toward the plight of the android in this game and so I've resisted like doing dickish things like I did pretty much exclusively in Mass games Effect. like Mass Effect and Dragon Age. <laughs> I just I told him I found that interesting because like the game is speaking to him. It's giving I mean, him it, a more it helps empathetic... a lot that that the the characters in this game are so lifelike. Yeah. yeah. And you're having a more empathetic feeling yeah. towards like what's happening in it. And I think that's like like Kara's whole role in the game is to teach you empathy in a way. And like uh Connor's is to be meticulous and like, you know, uh just the whole his whole detective thing is like that that is the main thing. You want to do your job well. Yeah, yeah you want to you want to do a good job. You, you're determined and Marcus is another like just another set of emotions that you're kind of working with. So it's kind of cool to have like three characters that are making you like wrestle with like three different aspects of like who you are as a person while you're playing the game. I, like again, this, I think I this think... whole game as an experience is very very well done. It's just a bad game. I think the three characters... And I want to kind of recolor my words. I think the three characters do serve very cool and different functions. I just wish that they would have focused more on how they affect each other rather than trying to sledgehammer this slavery message through. Like, we get it. I understand. Like, that is an allegory. You literally don't have to tell me that at all and I will be thinking about it through the entire game. So the fact that like they have people here that are just very plainly like there's there's a, an underground railroad as John said previously in this game 
not necessary. Just follow the story, let it go through. Don't you don't have to like I I want I want them to employ more subtlety and skill. I I need them to give the it, player a little more credit. I think they started with that sort of with at least in Marcus's story arc towards the beginning of it. At, once you get past the first sequence where he gets accosted on the street or whatever, like you can't avoid that. That's going to happen anyways, I think. I don't think I got accosted on the street. Oh, when you walk past the protesters? Can't you just walk a different path? I that? didn't walk. I didn't walk. I didn't oh, know there were I walked protesters. straight toward the angry protesters <laughs> because I wanted something to happen. They threw me down and like yeah. beat me up a little Same bit. Same here. So, that didn't happen to me at all. But anyways, like, <laughs> Marcus's whole role prior to becoming... Sorry, Gladish. This doesn't, this doesn't spoil... Again, it doesn't spoil anything. Everyone's decision-making is different, but like... Marcus plays the role of like a caretaker, like, yeah. and he's not necessarily like. Yes, he is a slave, but he is like a slave to an old man who needs help and has the money. He, he to likes afford. his owner. Yeah, he loves his owner. I mean, they're like they they are companions, and like that's one of my favorite scenes in the whole game, where uh, Carl makes Marcus paint. Yeah, like I was like, not only okay, not only is the art that they have in this game. It's awesome! It is cool. so good. The graffiti in the game is badass. Yeah. Everything created in the background, super cool. Carl's artwork that he made, that painting, the giant one he's working on, I fucking love that. I want a he's poster cool of that house. shit. He does have a really dope house, but that like, it was just uh, you know, it it that I felt wasn't as on the nose as like some of the other like what Kara was dealing with and what I, Connor was I certainly think it is later like as you move through the storyline like it's like the, it's getting beaten the latter two thirds it is just they're still sledgehammering that shit into your brain yeah. directly and it's not necessary so you know I mean it's not necessary for us necess- you know necessarily like it's it's not but you know I just prefer art like this where it is there for those of us paying attention yeah, and and if if you walk through it without seeing that, that's fine, and I don't think any less of you. It just doesn't connect with you on that level. But right, you know. So anyway, uh, don't buy it. <laughs> yeah, don't pay full price for it. At least I don't think wait it's till worth, it's free on PS. It's not worth sixty bucks. Uh, no, plus. no way in hell. It's not even really worth the forty seven ninety nine. Alex paid for it with Gamers Club Unlocked, and the only way I convinced I him to do it maybe like thirty or forty. The maybe. only way, well, that's the yeah. thing. The only way I convinced him to do it was that I would split it with him. So. I, it doesn't. I, I mean, it could have been. So. It could have been ten dollars, and I like. I just feel bad giving any money to Quantic Dream at this point, but whatever. So. Yeah, so we will re-gift our copy to a listener of some sort. Yeah, we're gonna. I I don't know how I want to do that, but I think I want it to be some form of social media blitzy style thing where, like, if you follow, you have to follow our Instagram, and then tag three of your friends to the posts, and then you will get a chance to get our copy of Detroit Become Human, and we'll autograph it. Uh, how about this? <laughs> I refuse. How about this? Uh, I think this is only going to be open to the U.S. only. Sorry, Gladish and any international listeners. But if you go on our Facebook and share our post to your wall to all of your friends. That gets you another chance. No, that just gets you the one chance. We're going to keep it nice and simple. We That's just, how you enter. You enter that way. You share that post with your friends. You share the Detroit Become Human episode 65 post. or 86. But you have to be a fan of the Facebook page, too. Well, yeah. Be a fan of the Facebook page, share the post out, you get an entry into winning our copy of Detroit Become Human. Yep. And I'll, you know, if we have enough entries or whatever, if we have... I just said, F you, I'm done with you. <laughs> if we have more than two entries next week, then we'll, we'll pick the winner and announce it and get your address, so... But, yeah. No, I... I I don't want to go so far to say it's a bad game because I think it's a very unique experience, as John said, and I think that's the, I think that's a game. It's a game. You might not like it, and it okay. might not be what you want it to be, but it is a video game. Is it better or worse than the Order eighteen eighty? It is significantly better than the Order eighteen eighty six. Yeah, it's still not worth sixty bucks though. No. The Order 1886 is hard to say it's worth $5. I think that's still the lowest rated game by the game nerds. I think so, too. Just yeah, wanted to make sure. I don't think... that That's the worst game of all time. That's worse... I'd rather play E.T. on Atari than that game. <laughs> it was so... It had so much potential. 
they had so much potential to make a really cool game and like expand on it, and they shit the bed so badly. Are you talking about ET or the Order? I can't tell. The Order. <laughs> I mean, ET is quite the franchise to to get to work with, and they they really screwed that yeah. up too. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, what are we going to cover next time? Probably probably <laughs> E three stuff. Yeah. Probably go over all the E3 stuff. Not sure what kind of releases are coming out, but maybe we can touch on other things we're playing at that point. I uh, will hopefully have some time to play some uh, Yakuza so I can talk about Yakuza 0 a little bit, uh, which would be nice. Um, But yeah, in terms of what's going to be out two weeks from now, today is the second? Yes. Um, Third. The third. There's not a whole lot. Yeah, there's that Elder Scrolls expansion that comes out on Tuesday. But other than that, there's not a whole lot coming out. Um, so, you know. uh, Rainbow Six Parabellum start, uh, st- drops next week. Nice. So we'll probably focus mostly on E3. You could play news. some State of Decay, too, couldn't you? Don't you still have your Xbox game? Yeah, games? I played a little bit of it. I don't really care about that game. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, so that's that. Um what else is going on with the network? We got Westworld FM. We're gonna have a new episode tomorrow. Yeah, probably tomorrow or Tuesday. Uh, episode seven is airing tonight, and we're gonna watch it, and then we'll talk about it, and that'll be good. Uh, movie the horror yearbook. horror movie yearbook guys just put out an episode on uh, Dario Argento's Phenomena, which I believe is also the uh, what is it called? Creepers, Creepers Two. I don't know. There's a, there's like an American edit of the movie. Jeepers Creepers. No. It's, it's. I think it's called Creepers. There's, I don't know. And there's been some serious chat in the uh, the Midwest Podcast Network Discord uh, movie channels about. Uh, oh, thanks to Jason K for his contributions yes. to the uh, Patreon, uh, and he brought it up too that Annihilation is one of the best movies of the year. Yeah, it's a great movie, and I need to check that out for sure. So. But yeah, no, that's the stuff that's going on. Yeah, so if you want to follow us on social media or see all the places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGamers.com slash links. And in case you have not heard, even though I just mentioned it, the Midwest Podcast Network does have a Patreon now. It's meant to benefit all the shows on the network. So if you're inclined to do so, you can can subscribe for as little as $1. But if you hit the $10 mark... Uh, we will talk about you on the air, like Jason K. Thanks yep. again, Jason. Uh, if you hit the $5 mark, you are able to join the Midwest Podcast Network Discord server, and you can have access to all of the hosts of all of the shows that we have and talk to us whenever you want. It's yeah. kind of rad. We've had some pretty good conversations, especially the Westworld stuff has been awesome. Uh, Willie and Tim are both on now for a Horror Movie Yearbook, so they've been doing a great job keeping in touch with the fans there. Yep. Uh, we appreciate everyone who's contributed to the Patreon, even though we don't announce you. If you pay more money, we will. I've been uh, thinking about adding a $5 tier where we either give away, like on the $5 tier, adding a perk where we give away the games that we talk about or other Steam codes that I have lying around yeah. and stuff like that. So if that's something you would be interested in, you know, mostly PC and whatever other games that we talk about, uh, you know, we might we might do that. Yeah. Let if us we know. get a big enough pool of people that would be able to use the games that I am able to give. So. And you can tell us that information uh, via feedback, which we do appreciate, and you can send to MidwestGamerds at gmail.com or act, you know, talk to us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, and feel free to follow us on Twitch as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. And, uh, yeah, thanks again to everybody listening and checking us out in the chat here. Thanks, Gladys, for joining us. Um, yeah, so that's all I have to say for now, and we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.